0: All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome in to another edition of Musical Chairs here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. That's right. Chairshot.com. All your, so, all your uh, podcasting platforms. We're there. We're there. We're everywhere. Give us a like, follow, subscribe, whatever it is you need to do to make sure that you catch all of the great content that we put in, uh, put out into the airways. Sports entertainment. Sports entertainment. It's all here for you guys. Uh, I am, of course, joined by my good friend, colleague, musical maestro in crime, partner, uh, 80s hair band, band of the stars. sending text messages? Uh-oh. It's, well, I didn't play a commercial. I just played a soundbite. You didn't hear... Right. No, the...
1: the- Nothing came through, but
0: we can always we can yeah. fix that. They'll fix it in post, I'm sure. There you go, kids. Behind the curtain. Technical issues. Once again, hashtag Greg, hashtag Greg's fault. We'll, we'll say that. We'll blame Greg DeMarco. Um also, yeah, if you love what we do here at the Chairshot Radio Network and the ChairShot.com, make sure you head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and invest in us by purchasing an awesome chair shot shirt. We got all kinds of great designs out there. Nineteen ninety nine a shirt or Spend a few dollars more, get it soft style. I, I'm in crunch time, Dave. This is this is where I am in my in my job. This this week and a half getting to the finish line of the University of Massachusetts opening. Crunch time, and crunch time means that next week no musical chairs because we record on Sundays. Sadly, I must work on Sunday, and so I won't make it for said show. I'm sad about this because this this would have been. We have been four in a row. Instead, we're going to end at three in a row. Did we get that far, or is this only two, two, two in, in a row. row?
1: Two in a row. It's Damn a, it, it's officially a streak. Two in a row.
0: It is. Yesterday, we won a game. If we win today. It'll be two in a row. All <laughs> the winning streak. It has happened before. Rest in peace, Lou Brown, yeah. uh, major league coach, coach from major league. That's the line for major league two, by the way, not major league one, which is a much maligned movie but not a terrible flick by any stretch of the imagination if if i do say something now back to the minors. the less said about major league three back to the minors the better it it actually even embraced the official jumping the shark casting of ted mcginley which you only cast ted mcginley in shows or movies that jump the shark like he was in the love boat he was the—he uh, was a married with children. He was the second husband. They married with children. He show up after. and welcome back Cotter at some point. He may have, and that may have ended. Welcome back Cotter as well, because that's that's what you do—you bring in Ted McGinley, and the, sh- and the series is done. Like that's just how you know a thing is finished. He's deaf. <laughs> well, and it's too bad because he's not a bad actor. No. Like he's not a great actor. I mean, he gets cast, so obviously he's not a bad actor. He's a good-looking dude. Uh, he, he, my favorite role by him is actually in Revenge of the Nerds, the original Revenge of of the Nerds. He plays, uh, um, gosh, what was his name?
1: I know he was a douchebag, right?
0: Yeah. He's the bad guy from Revenge of the Nerds. He's the, he's the primary bad guy. Stan Gable. Stan Gable. That was his name. Stan Gable from Revenge of the Nerds. And that kid's is your random bandwagon nerds chat here on musical chairs today. Uh, looking forward to today's episode. Uh, last week I thought was a really good episode. Uh, I, you know, with the who and with, um, 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 journey. No No.
1: (laughs) blink 182.
0: Blink 182 journey, Boston. I was going to throw, I was, I, did you do Boston? You did Boston. That was the first first week. week, Yeah. That's what, and then I confused my arena Brock bands at that episode. And so now here we are at this one. Um, this week, I don't know what Dave's got in store for you. He gets to go first this time around. Uh, but this week, I went you, with a band. You go first this
1: week, I think, because I went I first. La- yeah, you went second last week. It's back to See, you,
0: Noble Listener. I don't know what the fuck's happening on this show. <laughs> up is down, down is up. Okay, so apparently, I'm going first this week, and I can tell you straight up, Dave, this is a band I appreciate, but is not one of my all time favorites. Okay, but this week, and I, and I'll go into the story after the after the first commercial break, but. Not one a band I appreciate, not one of my all time favorites. Hope that folks enjoy it. Um I hope you got something exciting in store. You got you got something exciting in store today?
1: Yeah, I got one of my one of my faves. So
0: excellent. So it makes sense then that you would go last on this week's edition if you if you have one of your more kind of quote unquote true favorites versus myself, who just has a band I kind of like and actually I, I like them and think that more people should appreciate them today for what they have done than, than probably so with that, tea, we're going to take our first commercial break, which Dave may or may not be able to, and I um, will come back with my band for this week's edition of Musical Chairs. You are listening to Musical Chairs on Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com. Hey,
1: This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out the Bringing bring you breaking news, interviews, podcasts, galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, theCeshaw.com.
0: Well, we're 0 for two in Dave Harry, whatever Patrick's playing, so that's not a great thing. Um, I don't know, man. I don't I got I got nothing. Let's let's try this. Let's uh I'm gonna play one more thing. I'll play the buzzer you can hear the buzzer
1: hockey talk invades bandwagon nerds yes i heard that
0: weird so apparently the sound setting i had set for for skype uh did not like the setting i had it on so there there you go i guess we'll we'll run with that so okay well you'll hear the next all right it's my turn to go first as Dave pointed out, I'm a big idiot and can't remember anything when, when we're supposed to use so. them. So full disclosure, I picked this band this week because I have been playing one of the tracks I'm going to share with everybody by this band. Almost on, uh, it's another instrumental, kids. I'm sorry, I love instrumentals. I love rock bands that just have music that is just, and, and if you know me, you know my love of Queen. You know my love of progressive rock, prog rock bands. This band formed in 1967 and and did its sort of last kind of real album in, I want to say, the late 90s, early 2000s. They've been around forever. Uh, They've gone under multiple different lineups. But most people, when you talk about this band, talk about two iterations of this band based on who the lead singer was. And that band is Genesis. Genesis, which originally, you know, it's it's fascinating. Even the group, like most people, when they talk about Genesis, and I know you're familiar with Genesis because they kind of hit this huge surge in the 80s, uh, with the Phil Collins led group. Um, but before that, they were led by at least their lead vocalist was Peter Gabriel. And for those of you who don't know, Peter Gabriel is a little weird, a little weird, which makes sense for a prog rock band. But even before he was kind of the guy. Like he's all, he was one of the founding fathers of Genesis. But you know, in 1967 and through '69, when they first found the founding members of this group were Gabriel, Tony Banks, Anthony Phillips, and those three guys were like the core. Then there was Mike Rutherford and drummer Chris Stewart, and they met in school in, in Surrey, England, and began playing together and for for a couple years and formed Genesis had some demos and a couple of albums out there and they were they were sort of successful for a little bit but after after 69 a couple of members of the band left and we would end up eventually in 1970 um in like 71 adding phil phil collins to be the new to be a new drummer and we would eventually add the guitar talents of Steve Hackett. And that band with Collins and Hackett and Gabriel and the other three core guys that I was talking about, Tony Banks and um, Peter Gabriel. And then I believe it was, uh, it was Mike Rutherford was the, was the other third core member. Those guys would we, go on to kind of have the first big wave of popularity for Genesis in the 70s. And this this little run of like strong, progressive albums, heavily influenced by Gabriel and his writing, uh, Hackett and his talent on the guitars. They were they were they were all musical, just I don't want to say geniuses, but they were ridiculously fucking talented. And we're right out there playing some of these crazy synth guitar, heavy drum led tunes, just like like Rush. For example, out of Canada. Now they didn't, you know, they, they weren't Rush, because who can be Neil Peart? But they were they were every bit the prog rock band that that Rush was, and Queen dabbled with it a little bit, though I would argue Queen fell more into some of those those classic rock deals, uh, more so than they did than they did progressive. But in the late 70s, the band started heading in different creative directions and Peter Gabriel would leave the band to go Solo, and he would put out a very, very, famous uh, or a very, very, very famous album. In Your Eyes is on it, but So by Peter Gabriel. uh but the band would continue on with Phil Collins taking over lead singing. And this is where I wanted to, uh, I wanted to speak in defense of Phil Collins, because Phil Collins gets just gets kind of boxed. I want to say within like my generation circle of musicians, whether it be because. He did the Tarzan soundtrack or his solo stuff was sort of poppy and, and kind of light and harmless fare, whereas Genesis was like this whole thing. But Phil Collins is one of the most talented drummers ever. And I don't think people recognize just how great he was because of his time in the 90s. South Park killed him in an episode after he won the Oscar over their, over the South Park movie. Uh, and, and and just made him out to be this like big tool and, and that's just not true and so i my favorite album by them by genesis is invisible touch that's the one with land of confusion uh that's the one with invisible touch uh just it's it's a great great album they, they had like hit after hit on that on that thing uh and that's really what hooked me but i think the video for uh Land of Confusion. Everybody remembers that video with the strange puppets that were going around. Their thirteenth band. It was released in '86, uh, and it was it was the height of their popularity as a popular music band. Uh, so, Dave, that's my choice this week: Genesis with its synth drums and its its strong guitar riffs. Tonight, tonight. How could I forget? Tonight, tonight. Uh, in too deep. All of these tunes. So good. Throwing it all away. I love
1: so I I'm like you. Genesis is a band that I really like. I wouldn't say they're one of my favorites, but I absolutely appreciate their music and and, and they yeah, they are regulars, you know, on my playlist as well. Um I completely agree with you about Phil Collins, very underrated as a drummer, and I think it's like you're saying he gets They get pulled under. I mean, when Peter Gabriel was in the band, they definitely had more of that prog rockish sound. And then when Phil takes over, they do kind of veer more into the soft rock genre a little bit. And Phil, especially his solo stuff. But they're still pulling out stuff like Abacab, Misunderstanding, which is one of my favorite songs by them. Um, In Too Deep, which you think is a Phil Collins solo song but it's really not it's a Genesis song and that's one of my favorites as well but yeah On the they, invisible touch album That's right it's um yeah they they're heavily influential band and i think you know talking about and uh, you know my band's going to kind of uh, dovetail off of that with uh, uh you know becoming both of these bands kind of reach their apex close to the same time as each other i mean maybe a few years difference and that sort of thing um but yeah, I, I I really enjoy Genesis a lot. I'm definitely more um in tune with the Phil Collins era than Peter Gabriel, but you know, that's just that's just a difference in in just, you know, recognition and kind of like when what am I aware of at this point in time? But yeah, they're they're right. excellent band, very talented, all great musicians, uh, probably pretty underrated, I would say, as a band overall.
0: Yeah, I, I think so as well. Uh And so what I'm going to do for this week's edition of the show is I'm actually going to give you a tune from the Genesis led by Phil Collins era and a Genesis led by Peter Gabriel era. It feels like it's split. We're going to go all the way back to the early 70s from I think it's their second or third album. Trespass Genesis is the name of the album. The name of the song is Looking for Someone. It is seven minutes and four seconds long. They are not playing around and it is every bit the prog rock tune that you would talk about like it starts off kind of soft you think it's gonna be you know this a little bit more of a gentle rock tune and then it just gets weirder and a little weirder and a little weirder good stuff i like it it's a very very good t- easy to get lost in for my tune from the genesis era i am picking a tune that truly shows off the skill that Phil Collins had as a drummer. Now, nobody is credited with the writing of the Brazilian, but if you listen to it, it's to me, it's clear this was a vehicle for for Collins because it opens with just it's crazy, just and it's all it's like it, it, it's back in the synth days, so it's like a synthesizer-heavy tune with electric, like he's playing like electric drum drums with it, like the sound is very much. Something he is hitting on a, on a pad. He is not hitting on a drum set necessarily, but it's amazing and it showcases his talent. And they play this thing live all the time when they would get together for reunions. And it just amazes me at how good this guy was because I used to be one of those dudes, like fucking Phil Collins, like whatever. And there's like, oh, you mean he was the drummer? He was that guy? Oh, man, so good. And those are my two picks the Brazilian and looking for someone.
1: By Genesis. Yeah, just listening to you describe the Brazilian, it's like you know, and you you draw the drew kind of the analogy to Rush, um, as far as prog rocks, and they, you know, every live show they did, Neil Peart would just bust out this massive drum solo that would just blow you away, and it sounds like this this was kind of like maybe Genesis's um, version of Moby Dick, you know, where they where Zeppelin showcased Bonham on that song, and this this might, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right, Phil Collins, and let's not lose sight of the fact that it's hard to play drums by themselves but to play drums and be a top-notch vocalist like he was that's even harder and he pulls that off flawlessly time and time and time and time again so yeah i think i think phil's very underrated in this whole thing
0: such a such a great and amazing talent all right there you go everyone genesis my choice this week for musical chairs we're gonna take a quick commercial break when we come back now that dave can hear the commercials he'll know when to come back uh, when we come back, Dave will give you his top choice this week for musical chairs. You are listening to musical chairs on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of ChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, folks. PC Tony here. Thanks to
1: our new partnership with Angry Lemonade. You can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code ChairShot. Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code ChairShot to save 10%. That's Angry Lemonade. Dot net.
0: All right. Welcome back to musical chairs here on the Chair Shot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com, Pro forward slash the chair shot. Make sure you check out our awesome merch. Dave, it is now your turn to regale us with your band this week on musical chairs. So my
1: band this week is um Every so often, you get these bands. Genesis was never really, well, I mean, maybe the video for La, uh, in- Atlantic Confusion was one of those sorts of scenarios. But every once in a while, you get this band that gets nominated or decreed the biggest band in the world for a period of time, right? Um, you see how Kiss used to do it and, and you know, Metallica more recently. Uh, in the early 80s, um, around the time that, yeah, Genesis was starting to kind of come into their own my band kind of got that moniker, the biggest band in the world, just in time for them to break up. And it's uh, the police. So
0: Uh, (laughs) the greatest band that never was, I, you know, they,
1: they, and I don't know what you think of the police. They've always been one of my, one of my favorites, but they are another, they're like Boston. It's another one of these bands that not, I mean, I say it's like Boston in the respect that what could have been, but in sharp contrast to Boston, the police had like six really well-established albums before, egos got in the way um you know sting has talked about how i think they played like live eight or or one of the shows somewhere and he thought this is the everest moment it doesn't get any bigger and better for us than this why you know where do i go from here and i think you know him and Stuart copeland who both had kind of their own egos and things involved with each other and they just couldn't get by and i uh, um the uh guitarist it? andy summer is that is that the guitarist name i think I'm trying to remember. think so, yeah. Um, yeah, Andy Summers. So he's he's often said that, you know, they should have approached it differently. What they should have done is they should have said, look, Sting, like in 86, when things started to really, after Synchronicity came out, they should have said, hey, Sting, go do an, your solo album. Let's come back in a few years and we'll re-record again. And he's like, that's how we should have done. That's not what we did. And And, you know, a lot of us who were police fans paid the price on that thing because it's a band that, you know, they got, they, they have their, obviously their punk origins, you know, when they, when they all got together, um, and it was Copeland and it was Sting And then they brought in Andy Summers, who I think it was his brother originally, or Stuart Copeland's brother, when they brought him and said, this is not going to work. This guy doesn't have the, the cred to be in a punk band. Um, but then they started their musical influences all really coalesced to create this very unique sound that, has not been I haven't seen it replicated you know I know Rush did one song um Digital Man where they kind of dabbled in it I said this sounds like the police and ironically the police recorded uh the video for Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic at La Studio where Rush recorded moving pictures so that, that's kind of an interesting thing but um I've never heard a band that fused like reggae and punk together and, and rock like this band did they're very unique um Stuart Copeland maybe an underrated drummer as well and he's one of the best that i've ever heard and and i don't know if he gets the credit for that because they kind of get lost in the whole mix of things but you know he always struck me as just immensely talented i always loved the police's videos and i think like you know i mean you could spend time talking about their formation but what's what's really the point their breakup is where all the sexy stuff is and like what what went wrong why couldn't these guys get it together they had the reunion tour in 2007 they set the record for touring during that reunion tour. They could have done so much more and they just couldn't seem to get around their own egos. But I, I think the police get like, you're, you know, we're talking bands that are underrated. I think the police's lyrics are underrated because you look at the stuff they're talking about. Don't stand so close to me. Okay. That's a song about, you know, a, an older professor and a younger student having an affair, pretty heavy stuff. Um, you know, can't stand losing you is all about teen suicide. And and it was banned in the UK not because of the content of the song but because of the uh, album cover which has Stuart Copeland basically hanging himself. It's funny to me how many people think Every Breath You Take is a love song and it's really a song about a stalker. I mean, it's a stalker. It's,
0: it's a, a stalker, stalker song. It's the but it's the ode to stalking. Yes, it is. But you could but
1: happened. you know you could easily listen to that and think it's a love song. And I mean it's it's rare that you see bands that have kind of these dual lyric tracks going at the same time where it could mean something different to somebody else. And I mean, that's their most popular song. I heard Sting's still getting like 33% of his royalties off that fucking song. So, you know, Synchronicity 2 has stuff from the Loch Ness Monster. I mean, there's a lot going on with this band and there's no denying that Synchronicity Tour, they were the biggest band in the world at that point in time. I mean, they were setting touring records. They were regarded as, wow, these guys are... And so it's rare you see these bands split when they get to their apex. But right. um, yeah, that's my choice this week. It's a band I've always had tremendous respect for, always wondered like, God damn, why couldn't these guys, just why can't you be like Green Day and stay together for 30 years and stuff and get along It's like ego is such a, it, it's so difficult with these bands. You see it time and time and time. A queen never had that issue. I mean, you know, whatever Bohemian Rhapsody portrayed wasn't really what happened, but you look at these bands like, why can't you guys just put this shit aside and keep making great music? and the police were one of the casualties of that so that's my pick this week
0: excellent choice excellent choice i will uh i will say i uh, i may sing the occasional uh rendition of every breath you take on the old uh on the old karaoke run so i have been there no, yeah just another band you just wonder, <laughs> you just wonder what they could have been had they given themselves a break from each other and some bands survived that and some don't like i to this day, I'm gonna I'll make a quick comp about bands who are famous for their infighting that still seem to survive in spite of themselves. Metallica is the best oh, example yeah. ever. Like Lars and fucking James wanna kill each other all the time. Then they go shopping together. Like it's it, it can happen and it can be done. that how that band persevered and managed. They took breaks. They had to take breaks. And even with Queen, like you were talking about Queen, there there was a little bit of a need, like Freddie. Realized when he was away from the band that he couldn't he couldn't do what he what he was able to do when he came back to the band. the the thing about the police is that um, Sting was able to keep making me on his own and be quite successful. And, and that's easy. really yeah. right. Uh, and that's you know that's that's a big part of it. Um, I also can not help anytime we talk about uh, the police or Sting think of a uh, old Dana Carvey stand up routine where he's talking about how. He thinks that the reason they broke up is because the band used to mercifully make fun of Sting outside of it. He's like, you know, one day I just I imagined that like Sting came into the room. and was like, you know, I'm no longer I'm no longer going to go by by my name. I'm going to go by Sting. And I really like the sound of Sting. And they were like, yeah, whatever, Gordy. Why don't you go get us a drink? He's like, okay, you guys, you guys, you're so funny. Survivor, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, I'll be watching you. It's. It's funny, funny stuff. So good choice. They, Excellent band. And then that he ends is. up,
1: ends up having the same hairstyle as the pro wrestler sting during this time frame. I don't know who right. was copying who he stars but, in
0: Dune. He stars in Dune yes. as a character and and Stuart went famously on shouting, I will kill you. Yeah.
1: And Stuart went on and had his hands into so many different projects and was so influential right. on other drummers and, and movies and soundtracks. And, 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 and I mean, even if he could still rock out and you don't hear it that much, but uh, he just had his hands in everything. So uh, my songs this week, one of them is is certainly not a deep cut. And I'm including it on here because when I get a band who has one of my top five songs of all time, I'm going to put it on here. And Message in a Bottle is one of my top five songs of all That's time. Solid, and yeah. I mean, like when we were when we were young, like teenagers and stuff, we used to sit there and listen at the end. How many times does he say you know sending out an SOS at the end of this thing. I think we counted like 18 or and you're like listening for the fade out. How many times is he actually saying it? Um the other song I'm going to put on here is is kind of because when they did their last show uh, before their breakup in giant stadium in 86, um they played Invisible Sun on stage and they brought in Bono from U2 and and he's talked about how emotional this was and they kind of like gave U2 their instruments like a symbolic passing of the torch. And then you two would of course go on and become one of the biggest bands in the world later on as well. So invisible sun, which may not be one of my absolute favorites by them, but I think because of what we're talking about and what could have been, and this kind of symbolic passing the torch in that moment at giant stadium. So yeah, I'm going to put invisible sun as the second song on.
0: Excellent choice. Well done for all. And there you have it, everyone. That's this week's edition of musical chairs to Bands huge in the '80s, The Police and Genesis, biggest bands in the world. So, looking forward to it. Love. Uh, hope you guys give the tracks a listen. I think we picked out some good ones this week. Dave, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, before we do that, though, tell everybody where they can find you on the socials and on the Chairshot Radio Network.
1: Well, you can find me like uh, taking refuge from whatever's left of this hurricane uh, storming through here later on today. But uh, after that, you can find me on X, Twitter X, as Patrick likes to call it at attitude ag that is at attitude a g g facebook.com slash attitude of aggression and oh yeah if you're going to come at me on the x with your eight followers and your blue check mark you can expect to get called out for that that's just something that happened yesterday so you somebody went after you i went after somebody and i i said i said nothing screams credibility like having eight followers and a blue check mark and he didn't appreciate that so i was like
0: oh sad for them (laughs) um (laughs) Well, X Twitter, as I call it, uh, is is accessible, and unfortunately, apparently, you're not going to be able to block people like that anymore, which is dumb. No. But okay, you can follow me on the X Twitter at Wrestling Realist at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. You can follow me uh, every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday on the Chairshot Radio Network. Monday, talking nerdy stuff with bandwagon nerds. Tuesdays, talking music or hockey with one Mister David Ungar across the way from me. And Wednesdays, talking, wrestling, and doing lists with Greg DeMarco on the Greg DeMarco Show. Although, next week, no Patrick O'Dowd for either um, at all next week. No no me next week. This week is like the last week of the O'Dowd before I go on my annual hiatus for work. So uh, I will be missed. I will be back in time for the following week. So it will only be a one week off. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will catch you in two weeks. Uh, on the next edition of Musical Chairs Where Dave and I will regale you With our next musical choice Thank you so much for listening We'll see you next time on Musical Chairs A part of the Chairshot Radio Network Here on chairshot.com. Looking
1: for someone I guess I'm doing that Trying to find a memory in a dark room dirty man, you're looking like a Buddha I know you well Yeah